Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the cast. We're back for a second session talking about practical and spiritual keys every Christian should know. Stephen, should we pick up where we left off? We should. I think we were in the middle of the... 10 list, and yeah. we're going to pick it up where we left off. Yeah, funny thing is, I was like, we've covered five, let's go. And I was like, oh, crud, we only covered four. So <laughs> we're going to open on number five, uh, which the last one was become a disciple and learn to pray. And number five is even when you stumble and sin, keep getting up. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to say as a newborn, and I put those in quotes, or even a veteran, a, a longtime Christian, we're going to falter and we have to commit to when we fall at times we're going to, when we fall, that we'll repent of those sins and not stay in the muck and the mire. Yes. And that's I mean, that can be a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Satan has such a sneaky way of keeping us down when we fall down. Yeah. And there's there's even some bad teaching out there that talks about if you're a Christian, then you don't sin anymore. And oh, if you do, yeah. then that means you never were. And, yeah. You know, there's a lot of avenues Satan can use to try to keep you down. And, man, you could waste so much time wallering in that. Mm-hmm. It's a quagmire. Yeah. And you got to get out of it. it. You do. And you know what his favorite sentence is for somebody who's fallen and is kind of struggling to get back up? What? One more time. Yeah. Just once more. The sin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If That's it's true. pornography yep. or if it's um, maybe um, premarital sex, mm-hmm. maybe it's alcohol, yep. um, going out and, and getting blitzed or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, it's just like, I just need this one more time. And and he has that track on repeat. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's also the, well, I've gone this far. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it even going to make a difference? I'm already down. I'm already, I've already messed this thing yeah. up. You yeah. Yeah. So what's the difference? Yeah, kind of thing. That's that's exactly where your mind does not need to be. Yeah, and, and the truth is, we we're gonna battle sin on a daily basis. The goal is to start winning more than we lose. Yeah, you that's know. True. And um, I I love a friend who um, I, a, a pastor friend. He says this. He says, uh, "When I fall, I will get back up." And he's uh, doing a uh, sexual purity conference. And I remember just him saying this over and over. And he was trying to communicate this to the to the audience, whether it was teens or young adults that were there. He was saying, when I fall, I will get back up because that is yeah. what God would instruct us to do through his word is, is if you fall, don't stay fallen. Don't stay down. Yeah. Get back up. Yeah. You know, I heard a sermon, I think it was about Piper or somebody that really nailed down on this, what happens in our minds while mm-hmm. we're down. And he, he really laid out well how we, we think about yesterday and how bad we fell. And we think that's just where we're at now. Mm-hmm. But he did a really good job of saying, no, I did. I did screw up really bad. And I did it just five seconds ago, but I've got today. 
Mm. I've got this in front of me. You know, I've heard one pastor say, uh, "Run the mile you're in." Yes, and that's that's the idea. It's yeah. like it's it's a looking forward because it's the looking back that yeah. says, "This is where I'm at. This is where I belong." Mm-hmm. It's the looking forward that says, "I've got today." Yeah, it can change today. Uh, not not that we muster it up, but it's that we run to God. Yeah, and uh, you know what's crazy is as long as I've been a Christian, which is now thirty plus years, this is still pertinent advice for me. Yes. You know, so it this is. is not like, oh, oh me too. Oh, you know, no. <laughs> yes, it yes. is, Josh. It's for you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, you're very right because there's something odd that I've noticed as my walk has gone that what your conscience seems to be more sensitive as you get closer to God. Mm-hmm. You start noticing things that that you realize now are bad that you didn't realize then. And so when you stumble as a seasoned Christian, mm-hmm. it hits you harder almost. Yeah. Because you're down, you're like, I knew better. I've always known better. Yeah. What am I and Satan can even work on you even harder in those moments. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's a good point. That's that's something I need to take to heart now. And it's a very psychological battle that you have to just work through and say, okay, repent means not going back to it. Yeah. Repent means turning away and, and putting up agents of stop, which is so great because it leads us to our next one. Number six, find an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. This is something that I would instruct or say is a key for any Christian, especially a new one, um, because this is so important. It's easier to find somebody to walk with knowing that they're on your side. I'm thinking of like going to the gym. If you have somebody who's at the gym waiting for you at you know 630 in the morning, you're more likely to say, I got to get there to to lift weights with them, to exercise with them. And uh, the buddy system exists for a reason. It does. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I think there's just a lot of opportunity for... um, for transparency with somebody that you can be very honest with about, Hey, I struggle with this today, or I'm really, um, struggling in my faith, whatever it might be. And, and I want to, uh, make sure that you understand that, uh, accountability partners should be typically guys with guys and gals with gals because yes. the yeah. struggles can be a lot different and there can be uh, a foothold for the devil if you kind of are talking about certain types of sins and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And this is not one of those, well, this is the 21st century, you know, things are different. No, yeah, it needs to be guys yeah. <laughs> with guys because it's, uh, like Josh said, that can be a breeding ground for some stuff to come up. Yeah, this is this is a huge one because uh, I mean Josh is my accountability partner, and I it, I am so grateful for him because uh, guys, when you find somebody that you can confess your sins to, somebody that you can actually trust, that you're not going to worry about spreading gossip or anything like that, your true brother or sister in Christ that can enter, you know, pray for you as, as you're struggling with this, they're struggling with that. If you find someone like that, that is a precious treasure that you need to have in your life. Um, it can take a really long time to find someone like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, I prayed uh, for two years that God gave me someone like that, and he brought Josh in my life. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. So um, that that's a very big one. Yes, and and I appreciate the ability to to just 
communicate, you know, without fear of judgment, without fear of any type of like recourse of like, well, what are you doing? Who who are you even? You know? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And no one, no one ever gets along perfectly, but we're humans. But to have that person that you can trust in Christ, that's a different type of friendship than Mm -hmm. you'll ever know. Yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so number seven is completely practical. Um, I would recommend download the Bible app for simple access to the word and to daily reading plans. And part of this is just, um, it's very easy to develop a daily discipline by, um, devotions or a reading plan. And this is a simple and practical way to keep growing in your faith. Uh, there's times where I want to read the Bible, but I just don't have access to the physical word or it's just inconvenient. Whereas, you know, if you're getting your oil changed, it's like pop your phone's out, you know, because most likely it's in your hand anyway. Yeah. No, that's very true. I, I remember the the first year that I really buckled down and, and read the Bible all the way through in a year. I mean, I had done it in the past, but not in a year exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that discipline really helped me grow a lot, um, even though there's days that I just zoned out and just skimmed over the whole yeah. gum chapter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that happens sometimes, uh, namely Leviticus. But <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does help you grow. And I remember the next year when I had done that and stuck to it, I, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to take this year off. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still going to read, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And uh it affected me. Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, not sticking with that, I, I noticed it a lot. So that's a that's a really good one. Yeah. Well, confession time. <laughs> you know, being uh, maybe a little bit old school, a little bit older, I was always like a purist of if I'm going to read my Bible in a year, it's going to be the uh, physical form of the King James Bible. <laughs> I have to turn the pages myself, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. No, that's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and recently I've started the Bible reading plan again. And in this electronic form, I can still underline things. I can still um, text them to myself or save verses. And what's neat is it's now keeping track and I'm able to skip days forward if I want, or if I miss a day, it's not like you're, you're not down on yourself. It's just there and you're able to catch right back up. But another thing that I like doing is if I want to go for a walk in the morning, it has a push play button and I can just push play and it reads it to me in a really nice, you know, gentle voice. And, um, it's just got a lot of options. So, uh, again, I feel like it's a really practical way to to get the Bible um, into your hands or into your mind, into your heart, uh, without having to feel like if I don't carry my coffee table Bible around with me everywhere, I'm not going to get it. You yeah, know? no, that's that's super convenient too with the phone with the reading it to you mm-hmm. every now and then. That might be something you got to do. And man, that's a that's a really nice option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I listen to my phone in the shower and. My wife comes in like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, babe, story time. It's the Bible. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> okay. Number eight, uh, you want to focus on developing a relationship with God and not following rules. And this one is so important because the road to becoming a Pharisee is paved with rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, the road to developing into a strong Christian is made from drawing near to God. You know, I grew up in a pretty religious household and my dad was a pastor. My mom was on the worship team and um, we 
I have to say, you know, maybe I'm not giving it the benefit of the doubt, but I grew up, I believe, following a lot more rules than I did um, developing my relationship. And that might not have necessarily been because of my parents. It might have just been my mindset. Yeah. But I know that in ways I've, I have to fight uh, yeah. a pharisaical um, background of following rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting point. There's there's been uh, some random topics that I've I've confided in in my parents, and I'd say, you know, this is how what I saw this as growing up. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, if you had told us that, we would have told you that's that's not the way. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah. I, it's just the way I saw it. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and I think of so many people that I've seen get saved, and the first thing that you want to do is start telling them all the life things that they need to change, the way they need to dress, yeah. or the way they need to talk, uh, the drugs that they've been doing that they need to stop. Yeah. And a lot of times I find myself starting to be like their keeper, and that's scary. Like putting trips on someone, whereas allowing the Lord to change them. There was a guy, I remember him getting saved, and he literally, after like the day after he got saved, he said, Jesus is the F word awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And I looked at him and it broke my brain because it was so hard to, um, I guess, reconcile the two things. I need to rebuke this. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you're like, do I confront him? And I say, no, you're not supposed to cuss anymore. Or do I like go, well, he is awesome. You know what I mean? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And, and, you know, you want to like, for me, it's like, do I put trips on them or do I allow the Holy Spirit to start to speak to them? Because I guarantee you two, two more weeks down the road, he wasn't speaking like that. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily something that I had to just say, hey, you can't do that. Yeah. And I, I know there's a pastor who um, got saved and he was he was a weed smoker. And I remember him saying that he was driving down the highway and he'd felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he wasn't supposed to have this weed anymore. And he was dumping it out the car. And there were people next to him going, what are you doing? That's good weed. And he goes, I know. And he's, <laughs> you know, and he's just putting it out there on the 505 or whatever that highway was. And, yeah. you know, so again, this is something to where... Um, God is much more concerned about having a relationship with you than he is about you following a, a set of rules. So true. So true. And I, I, I touch on this a little bit here in a bit too. Okay. Well, I keep okay. saying that, but <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few things that I've categorized a certain way, but this is, this is a big one. That's a very important one. As much as you're going to touch on stuff, I feel like you're winding up for a giant slap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, number, well played, sir. And number nine, uh, walk in the spirit, um, pray for daily direction from God. So, uh, this is probably the most Christian-y of all of this list that I'll mention, but it's completely applicable. We know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, the Godhead three in one, another snakebird topic I know, but the Bible says that he is with us until our conversion, and then he comes to live in us once we're saved. Seeing that the Holy Spirit lives inside of all of his children, he wants to lead us and guide us as we walk with him in wisdom. And so um, walking in the Spirit is a lot of just listening to his voice through your conscience, through the leading of his word. A lot of times it's maybe getting up in the morning and saying, what do you want to do today? How am I going to interact with my coworkers? How am I going to approach my family? How am I going to um, handle some of these situations in my life? Yeah. 
No, that is that's a big one. Uh, without the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit, we're we're pretty blind, mm-hmm. and so that you got to do that. You yeah. have to do that. Yeah. And then number ten, uh, listen to God and wisdom, and not your feelings. And this would be the the tenth crucial key that I have, because our feelings, well, they lie. They give us bad advice. You know, a lot of times I think about like watching a Hollywood movie and, you know, they know how to manipulate us. And to a degree, we want them to because we want to have that, oh, tension until the happy moment when, you know, the couple gets together at the end of the rom-com or (laughs) the resolve comes. But feelings controlling the car of our lives is like Michael Scott uh, driving into the pond because of the faulty GPS. <laughs> it's just not going to work out. He said, Michael, do not turn here. <laughs> but it, it says turn. It tells me to turn. <laughs> do not. <laughs> so our feelings can lie. And, and even uh, the prophet Jeremiah says the heart is desperately wicked. And we can't necessarily follow our hearts. We need to follow what God's word says because God cannot lie. And yeah. so, again, your feelings might say, well, you're farther from God than you've ever been. And yeah. the truth is, is that that's not true. Yeah. You know, the, the, your feelings might say, like, God doesn't love you. Well, the truth is that God loves you no matter what. It's unconditional. Yeah. And so we can't listen to those things. You could really trickle the truth from number 10 back down through that list Mm -hmm. because uh, it's all, there's a lot of feelings in all of that. The the Satan keeping you down, looking back instead of moving forward, all of that. That's a really good point. Yeah. So, okay. Those are 10 crucial keys uh, for new believers. Yeah. Yeah, and I have I have a few things that God put on my heart, guys. Um, and Josh and I are just going to talk them out a little bit. Some of it's a little bit of um, revisiting a few of the things we've already talked about. But I want to go over something that um, I'm going to call the honeymoon phase. And this is this is the point of kind of pulling some of this stuff out. Is a Christian we go over all this good practices to do, key um, understandings to have to build your faith on. But there's going to be some very real-life emotional things that come upon you, say, six months down the road, maybe sooner, maybe mm-hmm. later. But it's going to catch you off guard. And it's going to – I just – I want to pull some of this out. And, we're, and Josh and I will talk a, a little bit about it. But the honeymoon phase. Uh, this this early season in a Christian's life can be described a few different ways. New car smell, honeymoon phase. And uh, the idea is that there's a rush of newness, never before felt awareness. It's a season of great joy. Um, every believer who's ever been through this knows what I'm talking about here. And um, much more intense than the feeling of cruising around on a fresh set of wheels, this phase for a new believer is brought on by the new birth. We've talked about this. Um, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's the same new birth that Jesus describes to Nicodemus in John 3. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 goes on to say, you've heard this uh, several times in episodes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And the big emotional part of this initial rebirth is the feeling of the Holy Spirit inhabiting your very body, your thoughts, your demeanor changes, your desires. Uh, They start to redefine at this moment where your flesh meets the new you. And remember, there's still the carnal version of you that you're having to deal with. And uh, not to get too nerdy, but this always makes me think of the Gollum in, in the Lord of the Rings with that warring alter ego. Oh, yeah. And, and um, that's, that's one of the things you deal with as a new believer, uh, Romans 7. But um, 
this experience is very real emotionally, physically, and it does, it varies from person to person. So uh, don't feel like you're not in Christ if this picture that I just painted doesn't describe you to a T, because it does vary. But one thing that I think every Christian can agree on is that this initial rebirth is something that you're never going to forget. And I want to say that you shouldn't ever forget this early moment after being reborn. Um, it's crucial you soak up as much as the Holy Spirit offers during this honeymoon phase because it's a part of the foundation that that's you're going to build on. Um, it is an emotional part of it. We we just talked about you know don't give too much credence <laughs> to emotions, but there there's a very good emotional part about this. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen believers that for whatever reason um, they have allowed their relationship with God to turn into you know like a boring checklist type of deal. And whenever they see a new believer on fire for Christ, they'll actually say things like, oh, just wait, it won't last. You know, the new car smell always Mm -hmm. fades. Um, Or some will even disguise it with uh, motives by saying, yeah, he's saved, but it doesn't look quite right. Let's just watch him for a while. You know, just keep an eye on him. And and it's, it's a really sad thing. In some cases, I've even seen... Um, people reprimanded new believers for being on fire for God because they say Paul says everything should be done decently and in order, and you're you're too excited about this. Mm-hmm. And so I I have to point this out because I have seen people get introduced to this type of thing in the church, and it throws them for a loop. They're like, whoa, this is the body of Christ, and that's the reason I mention this. But from this point of being reborn, a new believer will start to journey into many different territories. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, you're definitely going to be able to attest to this journey taking many ups and downs, especially if you've been married for a long time. I really believe that God gave us marriage as a lesser example to understand our relationship with Him. And coming into contact with some of the people I just described might send them into a reality check. Um, a moment where we come to this realization of, wow, some of this is different than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. They might be misrepresenting, but in your mind as a new believer, you might think that's how it is or something. Uh, And it's it's funny how we as humans will create this this kind of utopia in our heads where we imagine our tomorrows in a a me-filtered dream, and this is how it's going to go down and all that. But then it throws a wrench in the gears whenever... You, you come across this type of behavior, this type of thing. And if we're not aware of these next stages um, in growth where we can encounter these type of people in the church, Satan can present these um, unexpected realizations in a light that hinders us for a very long time. Just the other day, I heard um, a fellow brother say that from ages 19 to, I believe he said 40, there were some actions in the church that he said, I don't want any part of this again. And he didn't step foot in a church from 19 to 40. Wow. And he said at the end of that, now he's back in the church and he's grown in the Lord, but he said, looking back on it, I was concentrating on what they did and it affected me with mm-hmm. the Lord. And so when I heard that, this that laid it on my heart for this episode, hey, I should mention this because... Yeah. Don't concentrate on some of the stuff you might encounter, um, people in the church that might act in these ways, because it can throw you off track as a new believer with your relationship with God for a very long time. And it's something I thought that I should mention. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you're talking about brand new believers and maybe that new car smell is a funny way to say it. Yeah. Because it's it's like burning white hot. You're just excited. And, Mm -hmm. And sometimes 
you don't have any way to funnel that energy. And so uh, there can be spillover. But as that spillover happens, there's sometimes there's those believers that want to quench your fire. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, this is so dumb, you know? And you're like, we could take this city for Jesus. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're all excited. And there's people like, no, simmer down. And, yeah. and we tried that once. Yeah. We once. <laughs> yeah. Like, we did it in the 60s, yeah. you know? And that's scary because it's like, yeah. no, you want to be able to feed into that. And, and and hone it, you know, and yes. and really focus it in. But I think of Revelation chapter, I, I think it's chapter three uh, to the church in Ephesus where it's like, or maybe it's chapter two, whatever it is. He's like, I have this one thing against you. You're doing all these things well, but you've left your first love. Yeah, And exactly. that's the scariest thing is like, man, all of these, all of these things, you're going through the motions, but when it comes down to it, I was the one that you were concerned with. And now... I'm outside the church and, yeah. and all these programs seem to be running without any uh, problems yet. Uh, you're, you're missing this. You're missing me. Yeah. You know, and I think for a new believer and that's part of the reason that we don't want to stifle anybody with rules. We don't want to stifle anybody with saying, well, now you have to do this because mm-hmm. churches can be toxic, yeah. especially ones that, that aren't operating in the leading of the Holy Spirit. And and even outside of churches, sometimes it's just the believers that um, are speaking on behalf of them, you know, so we have to be cautious. Yeah, we really do. And um, I'm not quite done diving into this. So I I go a little bit further. Um, This was kind of a general bird's eye view but this is something else that I just want to be a little more specific with, and uh, it's remember that you're in Christ, not a club. Mm. And that's it goes right along with kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. We mentioned, I think, even the last episode, but um, I don't know how relevant this particular hurdle is in other parts of the world, but um, here where we are, I think it's a big problem. And the best way I can think to describe this hurdle is fraternities and sororities in college. Mm. Um, Someone gets accepted into college, they're in. Their tuition is worked out, their books are bought, they're identified, you know, as a student affiliated with that institution. But there's going to be these sub-affiliations that would say, oh, yeah, you're in, Mm -hmm. but... You're not, you know, going to get recognized like you should unless you're a, you know, a Sigma Chi or a, an Alpha Kappa Tri Delta this or that, you know, whatever they, they're called. I obviously <laughs> wasn't in one of those. But <laughs> this, this type of thing, it, it happens in the church. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not aware of it, this will throw you for a loop. Yeah. Um, if you're a new believer, you're going to meet certain individuals who try to convince you that their fraternity is what gets you recognized by God. And it's extremely important, like we already talked about, that you do find a local group of believers as much as I'm talking you into it with all this right now. <laughs> um, but it's equally important to understand the difference between a club membership and the rebirth, because this club membership can be very deceptive. Uh, it can cause people to choose a church, a church that caters to their image rather than God's. Mm-hmm. And um, so you don't want to go that route where you're like, it doesn't fit right with me. It's got to cater to me type of thing. Cause, um, so please do find a group of believers to do life with because you're not, you're not going to be able to take next steps properly. You're not going to be able to grow properly or anything 
if you um, if you don't do that. And uh, just before you subscribe to the argument, well, I haven't found a church that isn't a bunch of hypocrites yet, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going until I find that. Um, just know that what you're describing is called a, a unicorn. These things don't exist. So <laughs> if you find one, please uh, send Josh and I the location. We'll personally go study it, see if we can replicate that. Yeah. But <laughs> they do not exist, guys. Just being a little silly. But in all seriousness, find yourself a group of believers. Don't let the actions of some chase you away from um, the people alongside them who God has intended you to meet. And remember to embrace the balance of growing as an individual as well as your um, your part in the collective in a church. Mm-hmm. I just really felt the you know God laid on my heart. You should mention this mm-hmm. because I've seen I've personally seen a lot of new believers encounter these type of situations and walk away from the faith mm-hmm. for a very long time because they're like this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, that's not what John described when I read it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. There's an old joke that says, if you ever find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which I mean, it that's like you said, it doesn't exist. It's a unicorn. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is, is hopefully any church that you find doesn't have a click group. It doesn't have the plastics. It doesn't have the people that are like, well, if you're not looking a certain way or talking a certain way, you can't be the in crowd. Yeah. I mean, Jesus was the one who would go out to the prostitutes and the tax collectors and mm-hmm. the downtrodden, and he would be interacting with them, inviting them in. And, and yeah. so I, I hope there's that mixture of people who are just there to accept you as you are, to say, hey, um, come be a part of God's family. Yes. You know, so it's, it's hard to find. I know it's hard to it find. It really is. I was going to say, cause I've been, I've been to a lot of churches and I found one, I think in every single one. So some, <laughs> yeah. some do a really good job of filtering that out, but mm-hmm. human nature puts it there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all, we're all sinful people. Yeah. And so we have to overcome that and we have to realize that being part of the body of Christ is an edict that God uh, directs us to. And so finding one, it, takes a little time sometimes and yes. sometimes it takes some patience and but I would encourage don't walk away don't just carte blanche say I don't want this you know yeah. because you end up a lone ranger and a lot of times you either get picked off or you get weird yeah that's true that's true so I've just got one more thing yeah, that I wanted to touch on you know I, I we talked about the honeymoon phase and in coming out of that to meet possibly some of these individuals. But another why in the road that coming out of the honeymoon phase um, can take is, is has nothing to do with other individuals bringing you down. It's you just losing zeal. And I think every believer um, has gone through this Mm -hmm. and probably goes through waves of it. So I just wanted to touch on this real quick to help you if you ever find yourself in, well, this was really great at first, but I'm just not feeling it anymore. And we we have touched a little bit on this here and there, but um, there there's a time that, that's going to come when your walk with God feels everything but that honeymoon phase. Uh, for whatever reason, you start to lose joy. You might start to resent time spent with other believers. You might not enjoy going to church anymore or even reading your Bible. You might even, in an attempt to escape this lack of fulfillment, start to dabble in things that God called you away from, Hmm. um, things that God delivered you from. And I've, from what I've found, these types of feelings will surface in every Christian's life at some point. 
And there's two big reasons that these feelings come about. Number one, we're being tested. Or number two, we've lost focus. Mm. And I believe if we're honest with ourselves, then we'll know which of these is the case. Um, If we can know that, it'll be over quicker. Um, If we know that we're being tested, we know to pursue the lesson God's trying to teach us. And if we've discovered it's a loss of focus, then that means we're being honest with ourselves. And if we're being honest with ourselves, um, we're almost certainly going to be able to identify the problem area and surrender that back to God. Uh, There's a lot of times where I know I have lost focus and I know exactly where the problem lies, but I'll play this, I don't know why I'm the victim game until (laughs) I surrender it back to God. And so being honest with yourself is a big key. And after this honesty with myself in these situations, I'm always amazed how quickly God restores my joy. Um, Remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so the key is to know if you're being tested or not. Job, he knew that he had not lost focus. His friends tried to convince him, saying, Job, you must admit it. You've sinned against God. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was honest with himself. Even his wife told him to give up and die, but he didn't cave into it because he knew what was going on. He identified, I'm being tested. Um, even though he was probably getting a little speed wobble there at the end. Uh, but he endured for as long as he could. And at the end of that trial, he not only learned uh, priceless lessons about the reality of what happened to him, but he recovered double what he previously had. So if you find yourself in a season of testing, then then keep this in mind. Jesus tells us in John 3, 8, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And this verse is very deep, guys, but I believe that one thing we can take away with what Jesus says right here is that the very Spirit of God, which lives in us, can be unpredictable. We do have the mind of Christ as we become more like Him, but God doesn't disclose everything through His Spirit to us. Mm We must trust in His guiding even when we're blindfolded. So if things are unsettling because you're blind to exactly what's happening, just hang in there. Because I'm telling you, when you come to these these moments where nobody did anything to you but you just lost zeal, mm-hmm. you got to know, am I being tested? Do I need to surrender something? Figure that out and be honest with yourself. And if you're being tested, just have faith. You might be blindfolded, but no, Josh brought this up last episode. You got to have faith in God. Mm. So that's just something that really hit me um, hard when I was going through this study as well. Yeah. And I would add to that, be honest, be as honest as you can. Don't sugarcoat anything. You know, if you're talking to your accountability partner, don't like put a Christianese scope on it, you know, just say what it is because yeah. God can deal with it. Yeah. You know, if you come and you're like, I don't feel it, you know, I yeah. mean, he, it's not like he can be like, what, you know, he, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God's going to be like, okay, well, I'm still here. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Um, you know, your love for me needs to grow. And, and I would say run towards God, try to draw near as the Bible says that he'll draw near to us. And, Mm -hmm. and there are going to be times of wilderness where you're like, I feel so dry. Why is this? You know, but I, I like your, um, your two directions. You're either being tested or you've lost focus. And, and I think, you know, bring it in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it it can be really frustrating because sometimes you don't know which it is Mm -hmm. and that's where the honesty part comes in and, and, uh, you will discover it if if you're honest and you actually seek it. 
Well, and just keep going forward because you're going to experience another breakthrough. Yes. And that sounds so um, prosperity or so like, oh, you know, just poppy. But it does. But once you've experienced a breakthrough, mm-hmm. it, it means yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. And not prosperity, but just poppy. Just like, yeah. you know, Christian like, easy. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to you're going to find the breakthrough. But yeah, all emotion aside, all joking aside, that is a real thing. Yes. And so keep keep your head down and keep moving forward yeah yep that is something that is very important because it'll hit you just like it's hit me it's hit josh it's hit all of us who've been a christian there's times where it comes upon you but just keep moving forward yeah amen well, I think that's all I have, Josh. Yeah. Is there anything else you got? You got an ace up your sleeve? No, nope, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, crucial keys in two parts, but um, the biggest thing is just circling back to what we said in the beginning at the at the first episode is that if you're out there and you're like, I don't have a community of believers that I'm connecting to yet. Um, the way that the churches are set up right now, we're not actually physically able to meet. If that's your situation, guess what? You have a community that you can connect with right now through the touch of a few buttons, and that is the Snakebird community. And so I encourage you, if you need any assistance out there, if you're wanting prayer, if you have a question, if you want a topic spoken into, uh, what you can do is you can go on Facebook, you can find Snakebird, and you can start a message thread, or you can direct message us, or you can email us if you're wanting to keep it even more confidential. Our email is connect at bsnakebird.com. And we just want to say that we're not just two guys talking to mics that are then put on the internet. We're actually guys that can interact with you and help you in your uh, journey of faith. That's right, guys. Uh, We really do encourage you to reach out to us. It's a very safe thing to do. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to throw any trips on you. We want to be here for you, uh, like Josh said, in a very confidential way. Maybe you've got some some questions that you want us to do an episode on. Whatever it may be, reach out to us because uh, the body of Christ, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's across the whole world. Uh, you can use a podcast. You can use social media. You can use anything. So this is this is the real deal here. And yes. We want you to reach out. It's not just about uh, podcast numbers or whatever whatever that that can turn into sometimes yeah absolutely and and if you are able to and you feel so inclined to please go and leave us a rating and a review that really helps uh share us with others and get more on the algorithms and all those things and it's a real blessing because it shows that uh the work that we're doing is not in vain and that it's actually um reaching uh more hearts and making an impact for god's kingdom yep reach out to us guys yeah amen so always remember whatever you do wherever you go no matter what life throws at you there's never been a better time to follow the words of jesus grow in your relationship with god and and be a snake bird. bird